And we're back. We're back, baby. Yeah, this is episode 30 of the Fail Sun Tragedy Hour podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm D- Dax Dog Tactic. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, it's Tim. All right, it's Tim. And uh, we have two milestones today. Yeah, the big day, folks. It is. It's episode 30. We've reached our 30th episode. Yay. That's right. We're finally moving out of our parents' basement. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, we're staying put. And this is the recording of, yet again, another chaos episode. Because we have two, we have set up two, like, internal milestones. Yeah. Every 10th episode, or every 15th episode, we watch a shitty movie and talk about it. And every 10th episode, we have our good friend Henry Liebentritt back on. And those paths have intersected... So uh, here with us to talk about a very special, very bad movie, which we will get to later, is our good friend Henry Liebentritt. Yay! Thanks, dog. It's me, Daredevil Dan. <laughs> yes. God damn it! All right. Yes. Well, uh, before Let me we before do we get... you from my airplane as I can't call you <laughs> and crash into a tree full of Keebler elves. No. Uh. Oh, I forget their names. Then yeah, the not, whatever. That's, gives a that's shit. one of the products they didn't get the right. The, the Bornkler Elves. Who cares? But before we get to our main event, uh, we got a few things to talk about first. We do, we do. One, oh boy, has it been a rough week for pizza chains? It has. It not only is, as of today's recording, the California Pizza Kitchen filing for bankruptcy. Get out. Wait, that happened? That happened. Didn't they, like, invent Mere... barbecue chicken pizza? I don't know. That's what I heard. They, they invented I've never, pizza. I have never been to a California pizza kitchen. I just know that they're going bankrupt. But mere hours before this story broke, another one involving the former CEO of Godfather's Pizza, a uh, friend of the show, Herman Cain, has died after trying to suck his own dick. I'm kidding. He got coronavirus after going to a Trump rally without wearing a mask. It, that, it, making him the ultimate fail son. I, there are other good, there are other fail sons. This is just sad. This is sad. Yeah, like, I mean, you can talk about Herman Cain all you want, but like, I don't know, like, the man died. <laughs> like, that's not good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's the point? <laughs> Kyle's holding firm. His boots are in the ground. Hey, 999, more like 666, because my man Herman, he's in hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just kidding. This is Wait, the part what of the his... show where we say parody, parody, satire, pa- parody, satire. satire. What was the... Um... <laughs> in the game, not real. Um, what was his, no, like, Herman, big thing? What was Herman, his, like, slogan? Herm- I'm sorry? What was his, like, what didn't, What was his slogan during the, the his, pri- or his primary race? It was, he was doing, it was just something about the 999 plan, which I forget. I think it was, like, an right. economic thing. Yeah, let me Google he ran, that. He ran for president in 2012 and got nowhere. Well, he, he actually was doing fairly well until a bunch of women accused him of sexual harassment and he had to drop out. 
and then in his in his dropping out speech cited uh donna summer's song from pokemon the movie i'm sorry what Yep, uh, the end credits of Pokemon the Movie 2000 has a Donna Summer ballad, and um, Herman was inspired, I guess. I'm tired. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is from the Pokemon movie, and then he just like peased out, and then uh, in recent in recent years he has become like a prominent Trump ally, mm-hmm. and uh, this July went to his rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And there's a photo of him with like family or supporters or whatever, and none of them are wearing masks. And he's and he's been like a constant. Uh, he has been vocal about his uh, assurance that the coronavirus is a hoax and it's fake. Interesting. And you don't need to wear a mask and you don't need to be sheeple. And then uh, nine days later, he got the symptoms of COVID and had to be rushed to a hospital. And today he died. So the nine 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 plan is. Um... Uh, the plan calls for the replacement of all current taxes, such as payroll, capital gains tax, and estate tax, with a 9% personal income tax, 9% federal sales tax, and a 9% corporate tax. Hmm. I don't know anything about taxes, but that sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah, to the untrained eye, that seems not smart. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 um, I mean, we listen, we hit episode 30. You know, that's a big deal. We, we've we been going strong since um, late winter, me and you, Kyle, with this podcast. Right. Uh, the United States last, last night reached a very important milestone. Uh, give it up, folks, because 150,000 people are now dead to coronavirus. Give it up for America, folks. We're absolutely crushing it. We're doing great. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm looking for it now. Uh, two things. Tr- Trump went to... Um, Donald Trump went to uh, honor his friend Herman with uh, a few tweets. Something tells me it didn't go well. All right, well, in true Trump fashion, he uh, he started with this. My friend Herman... Ka- Hold on. My friend Herman Cain, a powerful voice of freedom and all that is good, passed away this morning. Herman had an incredible career and was adored by everyone that ever met him, especially me. He was a very special man, an American patriot, and great friend. I just got off. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) The phone with his amazing wife, Gloria, daughter, Melanie, and son, Vincent, to express my deepest condolences to the entire family. My man was jacking off about his dead friend. You know, rest in peace to my boy. Very sad. Uh, I just freaking came. Yeah, I'm going to be busting pipes in mourning for my friend Herman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like the funny and even an even funnier thing was his tweet in supporting of uh, a pizza place in Long Island. Yeah, what was that just, all about? What's another man's pizza place? What was that all about? Uh, support Patio Pizza and its wonderful owner, Guy Caligiuri, in St. James, Long Island. Great pizza. What's the, what's so specific about St. James? Like, why do you what's, say what's like the that? Si- what is the size of this St. James? I, I would like to know. Is it is it little? Is it a little St. James? Oh, is it larger? Is it a larger St. James? It, wait, hold on. Is that the name of the Epstein Island? Epstein Island is Little St. James. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, yes. Uh, Donald Trump had the Lolita Express pizza. 
<laughs> That's the name of their one delivery vehicle. <laughs> nice. Ugh. But I hate yeah, everything. So, uh, yeah. Rip to Herman Kane. Yo, tough who, day for pizza chains for me too, yo. I went what? to I went to get pizza. I went to get pizza earlier, yo, and um, they taped the pizza box shut. And I took my finger to you know you know how you swipe it and it cuts the tape. Uh-huh. Uh, I got a big old paper cut opening a pizza box. Shit was bleeding, yo. Damn, Tim's got a dumb bitch moment going on, but that's not wow. the only dumb bitch moment Tim had today. Yeah. Yeah. We are recording immediately after just exiting uh, a trivia night, which I won handedly. We love we love Adam Somer and his virtual trivia nights. Our good friend Adam Somer, um, friend of the freaking pod. Tim, Tim had a few dumb bitch moments tonight. Why don't Why don't you tell us, Tim? So, <laughs> it was a roundabout numbers, and I'm not good at math. I um, historically didn't memorize my multiplication tables in elementary school. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one of the questions was. This is the only even prime number. And not only did I not know the answer to that, but I also didn't don't know what prime numbers are. Very good. So uh, the answer, of course, to anyone who took third grade, well, no, maybe that's a little too mean. I'd go like sixth or seventh grade math is uh, two. Two is the only even prime number. Henry, what And Tim, what was, what was your answer? <laughs> don't make me say it. Say it. Thirty. Very good. Hey Tim, what episode of the Fail Sun Tragedy Hour is this? Oh, no, it's episode two. It was fate. It was fate. I'm fucking sad. It was fate. I would have given but, uh, you credit if that was your excuse. Yo, and today's July thirtieth too, yo. Oh, man, we just got 30 on the brain today, huh? <laughs> yeah, yo, shit. The ESPN 30 for 30 proudly presents uh, Joel Schumacher's The Number 30. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Starring starring Tim Carey. Hey, that's freaking Tim neat. Cur- Tim Curry? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. But, uh, I'm just then, the number 23. And then another big dunce moment came, uh... Not five minutes after, when there was a question about how many months end thirty one, and I won't lie, I don't remember the answer. It was seven, Tim. I put eight. Did mm. you ever see that Parks and Rec episode where um, oh. April schedules all of Ron <laughs> Swanson's meetings for March thirty, or excuse me, for March thirty first, because she believes March thirty first is not a real date. I um did not see that episode because I do not watch Parks and Rec, and also I would have to agree with April. Uh, March thirty first is not real. <laughs> Wait a minute, Tim. Like that would exist doubly so in your mind if there were eight months with with thirty first <laughs> days in it. <laughs> ah yes, the legendary March thirty second. I'm so dude. I'm fucking tired, yo. I went You're to Catholic great, school. This shit failed me, and they somehow let me move on to high school, and then I somehow edged it out to college, and then I somehow finished that shit. And now you're hosting uh, three podcasts. Yeah, yo. Three, by the way, 
Three, by the way, is a prime number. Fuck. I was just about to... I, I almost said it wasn't. Because if two is, then I got confused. Very good. So, in summary, Tim is a dumb bitch, and Herman Cain, rest in peace, finally with his brother, John McCain, in hell. Now, let's get on to uh, our main point today. As we've previously stated, it is the uh, it is the thirtieth episode, which means it is the second of our every fifteen episodes we watch a shitty movie. And this week, as we teased last week, we watched Food Fight. Oh my god! We watched the so two thousand twelve animated comedy film. Hold Food up, Fight. that was two thousand twelve. Well, yeah, it was, well, kind of, yeah, kind of, which we will explain. But um, before we really get into it, I was fascinated by the level of talent behind this movie. It's such a shitty movie has such a stacked cast. Yeah. You had Charlie Sheen, uh Wayne Brady, Hilary Duff, Ava Longoria, Christopher Lloyd, uh Ed Asner, Chris Catan, Jerry Stiller, rest in peace, Harvey Firestein was in it for two seconds. Yes. Chorus Leachman, uh Beloved 80s character actor Edie McClurg. Uh, famed character actor Robert Costanzo. Just just an incredibly stacked cast. Uh, uh, Larry Miller as well. Larry Miller, very good. Uh, the music was by Walter Murphy, who, Henry, you pointed out, does the music for Family Guy. He sure does. Well, I'm going to tell you, some food. of the music in that movie wasn't... Awful. No, here's the that th- might be here's, that might be the only thing in the movie that I was like, okay, this could this could pass. Also, here's the thing: you can so how we said it was 2012 or 2015, whatever, kind of, uh, and you can tell right. that in the casting to an extent because like mm-hmm. Hillary Duff, like it's right, well Hillary known Duff. that it's well known that she stepped out of the spotlight, mm-hmm. so she would have had to record that in the early aughts mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and also, just just getting off um, she was just getting off Desperate Housewives yeah and her name in it is Eva Longoria Parker because uh, it was during her marriage to Tony Parker interesting right. this is I know, I know who that stuff. is the basketball I, man oh uh, the basketball man so uh, might be the such a stacked cast and uh amount of talent and funding this movie was made for the budget i'm looking at the wikipedia page now was made for in between 45 to 65 million dollars and that is all in just an insane amount of money for a movie that looks this bad and that is due to the credit of the film's writer director and uh producer lawrence kasanoff our good friend larry because he was a producer, he produced the Mortal Kombat movies. He fa- co- was a co-founder along with James Cameron of Lightstorm Entertainment, and was a producer on True Lies. And he founded an animation studio called Threshold Entertainment that made this movie. So uh, he got a lot of money, like tens of millions of dollars, funneled in, and made this movie. And we're going to talk about how poorly that went later, but let's dig into this plot. Holy shit. I mean, listen, in terms of plot, this movie could be worse. Well, here's the thing. This movie, 
had a, a plot that probably made up about half an hour's worth of this movie. There is yeah. a solid 60 extra minutes of just unnecessary stuff in this film. Well, okay. First, let's let's look at the concept overall, right? Sure. Sure. Because at first, they try to make it like something like Wreck-It Ralph did. Yes. Where it's like, oh, at night, the supermarket closes, and the corporate brands come to life, and they yeah. talk Let's... and they walk and talk in a city. But as we'll get to, several inconsistencies with that. Yes. I, oh, yeah. I, mm, that made me Go upset. Go ahead, Tim. So, it's a supermarket. They're traditional yes. aisles. Correct. But when the lights go, where the fuck does all that infrastructure go or come from? Is it in the right. actual product or is it we, in the we aisles? Can talk. Yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, so it opens with uh, the Marketropolis supermarket closing down for the night. And this old lady is like, have a good night. And like... Ed Asner plays the manager of this. God bless him. He plays the manager of the supermarket and just goes like, like she doesn't even ask him a question or anything. She essentially just goes, have a good night. And he goes, just closing up. <laughs> Nothing much happens here after dark, which I'm like, Hmm, this smacks of foreshadowing, <laughs> but just like a, a mostly unprompted line that was just kind of shoehorned in. That was like, okay, but this, like, but she establishes a running gag where as she's leaving the supermarket, she hits a shopping cart. Which they read her or him. I don't know. Mm. But they repeat yeah, it. it later. Really yeah, yeah, it's the same mm -hmm. footage used later in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. there are multiple times where the same footage is used. Yeah. There's a lot of running gags in this movie, a lot of similarly used footage. Uh but as as the supermarket lights go down, we go literally aisle by aisle as the lights above the aisles go down and then lights on like the stands yeah, in, in the aisles goes out, which I'm like, that's not a, a real supermarket thing. But, <laughs> but like, what, I, what, I, yeah, whatever, whimsy. I can I digress. Look, I can kind of lose that. Yeah. The world's most whimsical supermarket. And then the lights come up again and all these aisles have suddenly transformed into like a bustling cityscape. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Because it shows um, them it shows them later in the movie like flying through a box and into the world, but the yeah. way they make it seem is that the aisles are the world. Oh, right. and we'll get so, to that as we digress yeah, through the plot. If we think about this for longer than five seconds, we're going to go off on tangents that will last about an yeah. hour each. Okay. Very this, true. Will be, Very true. this will be a six-hour mega episode that you will have to cut down. So we're not going to do that. But as it, it shows this uh, cityscape, like this generic upbeat pop song starts that is like, oh, it's our life, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so, it's everything is um, awesome for good brands. Right. It starts introducing these characters. There's like a dragon that is training a bunch of Kung Fu students in front of, um, uh, what was it? What was it called? Kung Pao Chow? His, or whatever. Name, his name is Kung Tofu. Kung, to Kung yeah. Tofu. And, and uh, one of the as first... you'll get to, sorry, as you'll get to know, uh, this is a massive, massive Asian stereotype. This, this film is full of stereotypes. Correct. Yes. One and also one of the first jokes is a frog hopping out of the sewer 
Oh yeah, shitting shitting on Mister yeah. Clean. Yeah, he like farts this giant green cloud. He he po- he literally pops out of the sewer grate. Uh, the sewer grate goes up in the air. The frog farts this disgusting green cloud for some reason, and then the sewer grate falls back on him and sprays what can, we can only assume is the frog's own shit because it just died onto a passing, <laughs> a passing Mister Clean. Who's oh, also and, another another running theme is another running gag is uh characters getting brutally killed <laughs> yes another fight. another running gag is mr clean always gets dirty haha ha, irony uh they also make fun of him for being bald Hell for some yeah. reason they do. but um they go for about two minutes of showing all these different characters there's this farting frog poor mr clean there's like this dancing elephant uh it like you have no idea who the main character is until uh, we get to Dex Dog Detective on top of a hot air balloon fighting um, Fat Cat Burglar, who, despite the name, is a rat, and is voiced by Harvey Firestein, screen, uh, theater legend. And uh, his naked role mat, naked, I'm sorry, naked mole rat henchman. <laughs> Freaking who, naked role mats. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Who um, he calls hairless hamsters, but to me they just yeah. look like scrotums. They yes. look like scrotums. Yeah, uh, they look like the uncanny valley version of Rufus from Kid Possible. There's Kid a lot. Possible. Yeah. There's a lot of good line reads in this movie, but one of my favorites, and uh, I'm moving my mic out far away from my face because it requires a little bit of yelling. Is Harvey Firestein yelling? Yelling! I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> oh, just oh. Off of, Charlie Sheen voices. Dex dog detective and he gets off this quippy line about like uh because he kidnaps some baby cats and he's like i'm gonna send you to the pound or whatever something quippy and cutesy and he's just oh. like i'm gonna <laughs> tell you also so also we talk about the vocal talent out of all of them the one who is clearly phoning it in the most unsurprisingly is charlie sheen yeah it's yes. not that Never. he it's not that he's poor it's just that yeah. He kind of mumbles. He just kinda... right. It, Frank, frankly, with the amount of um of just quality put into the the finished project, I don't blame him. No, yeah, I really yeah. don't. I, I would say I, I bet I bet he saw the footage as he was recording it and was like, "Oh, this is just previous stuff, right? This oh, is I this bet, is I... this, <laughs> this is the bare bone stuff. We're gonna add, make it better later." And they're like, uh, "Yeah, dude, of course." I bet he did the most retakes. Probably, but anywho, so he fights off the scrotum henchman by uh, throwing a piece of cheese off of the balloon, which they all follow like idiots. And then um, he takes a uh, like a martini sword spear mm-hmm. out of his um, Indiana Jones style knapsack with an olive still in it, and plunges it into the balloon, and. Um, this basket of kittens falls off, and as he jumps off to follow it, before the balloon just like flies away, air spitting out of it, Harvey Firestein just goes, "I just want to be loved." Is that so wrong? And I'm like, that is the most confusing motivation for any villain in the world. But he doesn't say just, it like he was falling. He just said it like he was right. just chilling. Right, and and this the the visual of um Dex following the falling bastard of kittens it is just he is still as a board just like moving down the screen <laughs> which is which is very common for the entire movie oh yeah 
as I said, it looks like it's all previs yeah. stuff. So mm-hmm. um, he he gets it and swings off of this building and immediately lands in this group of people who have already set up like a press conference for him. Yeah. <laughs> with this bird with huge boobs is asking him questions of like, um, I hold on. Uh, well, Dex, she's you, like, this yeah. is this is your 500th case solved for the United Supermarket Defense Association, also known as the USDA. So maybe a little bit of subtext into the, the USDA are secretly feds, <laughs> like like our version of the USDA. Um, and he's just like, ah, it's all in a day, it's all in a day's work well, or whatever. He and he sa- keeps he, he keeps says- using this catchphrase. That um, because he's like a serial mascot, yeah. And his his catchphrase is the secret is inside, and he keeps saying that as if it makes any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't because he's not brand slogan. But it doesn't make sense because he is in fact not a real brand. Well, here's the thing: in the background, you can see his product that he's. Well, I mean, in terms of real life, he's one of the few brands that's made up for the movie. That was that was um planned. We'll get to that later. Right. Um, but yeah. Um... But anywho, he uh, finishes his, all this press conference ends and all of these people fuck off because yeah. he just says this stupid catchphrase and they're like, it's good enough for us. Let's put it in print. And um, so the um, this little world building here, the, the city is the same name as the supermarket, Marketropolis. And the citizens of Marketropolis are called Ikes, which I had no clue why they were called Ikes. I was like, do they all like Dwight Eisenhower? But they're short for icons. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, doesn't make sense. Was was not explained. Nope. Yeah, it wasn't really explained. But um, as if anything in this movie is. As if anything in this movie was explained. So Dex's girlfriend that he is intending to marry is played by Hilary Duff. Her name is Sunshine Goodness, and she is a raisin mascot who is also like a cat girl. Yes. She's a, yeah. human, she's a human woman with cat ears. She's not or, 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 a cat. She's clearly a human. It, she's, it, a, she's a cat. She's a cat girl. Uh, she sells bath water. It's, it's like if somebody easily explained. It's like if somebody was wanted to make a um um another version of the Cats musical, but in Gary's mod. <laughs> this is the uh, this is the Lawnmower Man version of Cats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, his girlfriend is very very sweet, and her thing is like doing the right thing for no reason is great or whatever. Um, yeah, like a freaking. So he bitch. intends. He intends to propose to her. Well, and... he he talks to his uh his best friend and confidant. Yeah, go um, for it. Yes, uh, Daredevil Dan, uh, who is Wayne Brady, who I can only describe as clumsy quagmire. Um, I, I just basically for, his character. Yeah. In my notes for the first like twenty minutes, I didn't know his name, so I just put him as Coke Squirrel. <laughs> okay, so so um he he's he's the exposition provider. Yeah. Because he's like, Dex, you dog, you're the best detective in this in Marketropolis. What would we do without you? And then uh, basically Dex lets him in that he's proposing, and um, he asks him to be his best man. Uh, and he cries, but the tears are brown? It's yeah, chocolate. It looks, it's it's chocolate. He's, he's, he's made of chocolate. chocolate. Squirrel. 
Yes, it is implied he is chocolate, but they don't say that at first, so it just looks like he cries shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which happens a lot in this it movie. Did. Right. Yes. So, um, and the animation they do on him, he is literally always moving somehow. That One of my favorite comments, I'm going to pull up the, um, the comment section and periodically refer back to it. And um, one of my favorite comments is, um, why does the camera move so much? Yeah, the camera moves, the characters move. There's a uh, lot of spinning around. A lot of, oh, a lot of spinning, a lot yeah. of unintentional moving. Like they didn't track the characters right. Now the first, one of the first things I noticed is just the intensely ugly animation. Oh, it's dog shit. Like, okay, it's awful. So I was gonna bring this up when we talked about um, Christopher Lloyd's character, but it's applicable now because of Danny's animation. Like we, like you can. There's a couple different routes you can go with through uh, 3D anime or like animation in general. You could do it like pretty realistic, where the you know the physics of the of the body move. As their uh, as the real as life version to. would, uh, you or you could do like a rubber hose type of animation, which is like what we see in like early Disney flicks. Um, but the style they chose for this one, I can just uh, call it epileptic. <laughs> epileptic, epi uh, yeah. <laughs> His main color just said epileptic. Yeah, because so, you see it a lot in the yeah. movie, it where characters just shake, like. Christopher Lloyd's character. Yeah. Who, who's bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he and Tessa propose her with a four-carat ring, which I is a ring so with four carats on it, I which is pissed. ridiculous. Preposterous. Who would want that? So uh, he sets up a nice dinner for her outside, and his friend... Um, the Moose. I gotta, look, I gotta look up his fucking name. Robert Costanzo plays Maximilius Moose. Who's Italian? Maximilis Moose, and he is excruciatingly Italian due to the uh, <laughs> due to the incredible talents of Robert Costanzo, <laughs> a beloved character actor, who uh, the God in Total Recall. He's just he was uh, Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger's friend who uh, told him not to go to Recall because it fucks with your brain, and then once he went to Recall, uh, he tried to kill him because he's like, I told you not to go, and then Arnie kills him. Uh, but he is in this movie, and he at least tries like he's doing his best. Yeah. But um, he's he sets up the dinner and plays obnoxious violin music for him. But before Dex can propose, Wayne Brady, the Coke Squirrel, flies in with his plane and creates the image of him proposing to her in a cloud and then tries to make the engagement ring doing the loop-de-loop, -loop, which he has never done before, and predictably, his plane sputters and crashes, and uh, Sunshine is like, oh, I have to go help him, because she always wants to do the right thing, and uh, Dex cannot propose to her, so she runs off, and then uh, later on, Dex and Dan are talking, he's like, I didn't even get to propose to her, and uh, we're, and it's almost the end of the night, and uh, he's like, well... It's not like you're never going to see her again, right? And then literally after that, the title card reads six, six months, months later. Yes. And um, so another this great is, example of foreshadowing. Yes. And this is where uh, Chris, we go back to the supermarket because it is daytime now. 
And uh, this is where Christopher Lloyd enters. And Tim, you were right. going to bring up Christopher Lloyd's animation? Yeah, the only way I can describe it is if um, you gave um, a, a crackhead um, uh, too much crack. Uh, he looks like the scientist from Robot Chicken. Yes. That, <laughs> but... Um, a wind up toy version. Yeah, it's like if you gave a, a crackhead mad si- mad scientist with scoliosis uh, too much crack, and then but you gave him like um uh things that like straightened his arms but still allowed joints to move freely because he's yeah. always doing this a lot. If you um if you showed him the clip of the Monty Python episode where they do the silly walk oh, just once that. and said emulate that. He would do it. Yeah. Uh, so, but he, he shows up and is like, you must be Leonard, the supermarket owner. And he, he so, talks so, like, I, I put Tourette's question mark in <laughs> my notes, but I deleted it because it sounded too mean. But it doesn't matter because I just said it, yeah. um, I guess. So he, he comes in and says, uh, all your food is shit. We're bringing you brand X. Yeah, I know. He bullies he, poor Ed Asner. He, he poor, bullies poor Ed Asner into accepting Brand X in the supermarket. And uh, as a show of force, he crushes a bag of potato chips, which Ed Asner like mourns like he just <laughs> he lost the sun. Never, a yeah, perfectly good it. bag of chips. And then, never enjoyed. It was never yeah. opened. Never, never was it even opened. <laughs> and then it, and it cuts to the bags on the suit on the shelf and the mascot for these bags is like a pirate and he's like yeah brand x will pay <laughs> so, so uh at that point it then cuts back um to dex who's having a dream sequence um right. that, he, that dan wakes him up from and this is where the exposition of Dan basically telling Dex, you gave up the game after Sunshine went missing, and now you open this club. Yeah, it shows us the newspaper clippings of of not only the cases he solved, but him hanging up his detective's hat because Sunshine is missing. It shows us that for a solid, like, five seconds, and then just tells us, anyway, everything that we just already saw. Yeah, and and then and he's, and he's be, and, uh, Dad's being an absolute dick to him. Like, yo, yeah, it's been six like, months. She's gone. Yo, Get over feeling it. Feeling when no GF. Am I right, <laughs> fellas? Yeah, he's like, he's like, what? You're gonna quit the detective game because the one case you were emotionally invested in didn't work out? Come on, man. You're such a. But on the other dude. hand, you run the successful gig as like a club. Yeah, owner. you run. You run the world's largest nightclub that everyone gathers outside, like it's the fucking Oscars every night to watch yeah. you walk up the, like, a serpentine, pathed, red carpet. Yes. And he's dressed like the movie goes from an Indiana Jones type. It constantly references better movies. Yes. Like he's dressed like Indiana Jones. And then, excuse me, and then when he um, he runs this nightclub, he's so he's very clearly trying to be Rick from Casablanca. He's got, like, the yes. white tots. Yeah. He's got... Um, white fedora. You know, he, he runs the nightclub. There's uh, a later instance of uh, the slimy weasel character who is voiced by the director of the film, actually. Yes. Uh, so Casablanca is get- also another running theme. 
Yeah, it's another running theme. I will say one of the better gags in the movie is the fake posters for older movies in yeah. Dex's apartment. But um, on the hey, way Kyle, to the, real, real the nightclub, though. yeah. What, what, what's yeah, the, go ahead. What's, what's, the night, what's the nightclub called? It was called the Copa Banana. I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. So on the way to the nightclub, he finds um, this weasel oh. costing. Yeah, sorry. sorry go ahead. Sorry, uh, if I may interject, right before that, uh, he basically tells uh, Daredevil Dan, hey, I'll meet you at the club. So that's when Wayne Brady gets into his plane, and on the way oh, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he finds a woman walking down the street and just catcalls her. Yeah, he, like, accosts this woman from his plane. <laughs> oh, but so the re- one of the reasons I bring that up is because – so there's a ton of corporate sponsors. We've kind of only mentioned Mr. Clean, but we'll get to them. They sort of appear yeah. more in the second they actually, act. They actually um, – they appear prominently on the poster of the movie – Yes. With the main characters of the film in the background, chasing them in a shopping cart. Right. Uh, But the reason I bring this scene up in particular is because uh, when Wayne Brady's cat calling that girl, uh, it was written as Little Debbie. Oh, no. Fucking kidding me. Little Debbie as a brand went. She's a child. Yeah, went, no. Don't do that. So Wayne Brady just um, Dan was just, playing the just Lolita hor- Express. Just, just hor- <laughs> yeah, no, he harasses this poor girl, and he's like, "Well, see ya." And then it cuts to the scene Kyle was talking about, and you can continue now. Oh no, I thought yeah, he harasses this woman. He's like, "Hey, baby, want some chocolate?" With- yeah, want some made, chocolate they made, frosting. They made Wayne Brady a chocolate squirrel so they could make as many black jokes as they possibly could without being racist about it. Like he constantly calls he calls Dex dog because he is a dog, but they're also like, "Hey, it's Wayne Brady. It's fine." And he's like, "You want some chocolate or cho- chocolate? What was it? Chocolate? Uh, How about some chocolate frosting? frosting?" Yeah, he's like, "Why don't I cover you with cum?" <laughs> Why don't I butter your buns? But then his plane stalls again, and he crashes into the tree full of Keebler elves. No, no. He crashes into a building, which leads to a field. This is why Yeah, somehow. I have so many questions about the world. It doesn't explode immediately on impact. It just, like, phases through the building and crashes into a tree. He also, in times of— Because he disrespected women. He— He also in yeah, times of dire to ban the squirrel. In times of <laughs> dire need, um, uh, while flying the plane, Dan reads a book called "Learning to Fly." Oh, mm-hmm. that's towards the end, but uh, we'll but, get to yeah, so, his arc. So after Dan crashes his plane, uh, Dex is walking down this dark alley towards the uh, towards the nightclub that he owns and doesn't just drive to for some <laughs> yeah. reason. Or isn't like sh- chauffeured to his expensive, he's, extravagant yeah, he's, nightclub. He's, he was a celebrity prior to this. Yeah. Like, why don't I clear, look? It's yeah, clear why don't I the look movie like, that he's like one of the most revered mascots in this whole well-known town. mascots in this yeah. entire supermarket. Hey, why don't I just very noticeably walk down this dark alley where uh, Cheezel T. Weasel, voiced by the film's director Larry Kazanoff, is uh, accosting Chris Kattan's polar penguin. Okay, so you can tell that this film was dated because it casted Chris Kattan early aughts. But here's the thing the Weasel has somehow the worst animation of any character. He looks like legitimate shit. He stretches and morphs. 
The man There's has a scene where like, he's walking backwards and like the background shakes. Mm-hmm. It's bad tracking he, on the animator's he part. He looks shiny. It's creepy. He looks shiny. He, his neck is like all over the place. It looks like he yeah. has really awful scoliosis. Like if Kai uh, the snake from Jungle Book was a shit weasel. Right. It's very clearly supposed to be um, Peter Lorre because yeah, he yeah. he says um, because uh, Dax tells him to fuck off and stop bothering Polar Penguin and he's made a new friend in Polar Penguin yeah. and then um, he just gives uh, he gives exposition for how creepy and sneaky he is and he's just a yeah. bad guy and then uh, Dex causes something to fall on top of him. Or he backs him up onto train tracks and he gets hit by a train. And he goes, you despise me, don't you? Like Peter Lorre in Casablanca. Which, he's supposed to be Peter Lorre, but he sounds like Dr. Doofenshmirtz. So he gets hit hit by this train and instead of being carried away by the train, he just smacks into the wall <laughs> of the alley. Really bad physics. Yeah. He, he just like into it. splats into the wall. So we got to the Copa Banana. Mm-hmm. And this is where more of the mascots show up. Yeah, more of the mascot like show. The have, California like, Raisins are the yeah. headlining act, and they're singing "Heard It Through the Grapevine." I you get see, it. You see Charlie Tuna. Charlie Tuna from Star Wars. The Hawaiian Punch guy. Yeah, the Hawaiian uh, Punch guy for some reason. Mrs. Mr. Butterworth. Clean, Mr. Butterworth, who is just an anthropomorphic uh, bottle, bottle of syrup, if, if voiced I, once again by beloved '80s character actor Edie McClurg. If I might interject, uh, uh, Charlie Tuna is voiced by a man named Jeff Bergman, who is also the voice of Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Right. And uh, the bartender is the Chiquita lady, Chiquita, who is credited on the DVD cover as Chiquita Banana. But, like, the Chiquita woman crossed with the stepsister from Shrek 2 that runs yeah. the bar. <laughs> they and, try to and, make her like that character. Yeah. It's all bad. So, so Dex goes up and is like, you got milk, even though there's like, <laughs> there's a, there's a quart of, of milk sitting on the bar and he's like, got milk. And she goes, what do I look like? The dairy queen. And like her, there's no way to say this delicately. Her tits are like presented towards him. Like, like her chest is puffed out Not great. as she's saying this. So it's very hard to look and be like, oh, is that what you mean? But I'm sure that was not the intention of no. the scene. But, like, very clearly there's a carton of milk out. So yep. he's become, like, an alcoholic but for milk. And Dude, all dogs? of a sudden, Lady X, voiced Wait. by Ava Lagoria, <laughs> walks best, in. But the best – one of the best lines at the bar, you see the chip mascot that was upset earlier. Oh, yeah, the pirate. His comrade, yeah. and, he's, and he's drunk too, and he's like, I'm going to get Brand X, blah, blah, blah. And he falls face first into his plate of chips, to yeah. which Dex says – to which Dex says, uh, you need to stop before you get chip-faced. Keep yeah, in mind, that's good, man. Keep in mind, we're about, what, 20, 30 minutes into the movie at this point? Yeah, only. Yeah. This movie has such an awful pace. And this is where we, yep, introduce... Enter Lady X, who is so hot that literally everyone does, like, the awooga, eyes pop out, like the Tex Avery, you see a hot woman thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but So, bad. like, everyone, everyone is just gawking over how hot she is, and she only has eyes for Dex Dog Detective, who is still drowning his sorrows about his lost girlfriend, because that feeling when OGF, sad face... That feeling and, when no GF uh, and you drown your she, sorrows in milk. That's right. She is so hot that she her beauty literally causes a fight 
in the yeah. club. Yeah, the, so the chip guy goes up and is like, wait a minute, you're for oh, Brand yeah. X, I'm mad at you, and Wayne Brady Calls her a wench. Yeah, Wayne Brady's trying to score, so he's like, yeah, F off, man, and like pushes Wayne, him. Wayne then, Brady, who has not died yet. Yeah, this sets, off a, this sets off a chain of events where they basically bump into people, to which Wayne Brady yells, food fight. Yeah, that's the first, hey, that's the name of the movie. Uh, yeah. that's the first, The first instance of two... Yes. Time yes. the word food fight is uttered. Yeah. So um So then Dex is everyone like everybody gets involved out in one of the most like incoherent fight scenes of all time. Doesn't make and sense. then Dex Dex finally has enough and says, Everybody out, and they yeah. all just immediately well, well, vanish. Well, if I remember correctly, he says everybody split because they're in the Copa. Everybody of, split the of everybody banana. banana split out of here. Yeah, and then they all just go and like yeah. everyone immediately fucks off. So except anyway, for Lady, Lady X, pretty much Lady Dan. X, Wayne Brady, and Dex. Yeah. So uh, Dan, Dan somehow gets lucky with Lady X, and she takes him out of there, and he's like, "I'm gonna fuck." No, he says, Dan. "He says melts in your mouth, not in your hand." Yeah, I hated that. Yeah, there's so many awful. Anyone, who is this movie for? It's for Lawrence, <laughs> whatever his movie name. For? It's, for, it's for our boy Larry. Uh, so uh, later on, Dex is in his apartment drinking another glass of milk. Uh, lamenting his lost love and lady x comes over in what i can only assume is like a schoolgirl outfit she's got like a like a plaid mini skirt on and comes in and immediately like puts her leg on top of his shoulder no 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 but she asks him crying over spilled milk oh because he dropped his yeah he dropped his glass she's like crying over spilled milk this is the first she's like trying uh, trying to fuck him this is the first of two dance numbers between the two yes yeah they have a few dance numbers together also another running thing is basically she puts on perfume and dex dex is like oh this you smell so familiar yeah you smell so good you're so sexy but oh, then he like ooh, restrains ooh. himself because he's you honorable, smell, and he gets a dog boner. Yeah, you there's smell a like part, pussy. No, there's a part where she's like, "Oh, come on, come see," and it zooms in on like his leg, and you see something like shift in his pants. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I I did not notice that, but I also probably blocked it out of my memory. But yeah. then, um, so uh, he well, turns her it? away. It was like a fight. Yeah. He turns her away, and then they go back to the club because a lot of the mascot or the Ikes that left have been <laughs> murdered. Yeah, how yeah, dare you call them mascots? A bunch of dead Ikes are just out in the street. Uh, and, the term they use is expired. Yes, and no, they get rigamoldus. Yeah. And, okay, uh, I'll, okay, I'll give them that. That's clever. Okay. That's, yeah, they have but, a few clever food puns and here. Then, and, there, and then but... they, es- they establish that basically... If your mascot dies in the game, the product dies for real. Yeah, so like the the implication here is that a bunch of these brands are getting recalled and replaced with their brand X counterparts, yes. which is then introduced by showing. Um, well, before we get to that, uh, Danny is framed for this because he is missing. Yeah. Yes, he's the only one that and, can be accounted uh, for. The hint here is that there is a brewing class war bef- between the salts and the sugars. And then the next day, uh, Dex notices that there is a Brand X replacement for every Ike lost last night, and Brand X uh, begins to take over the USDA, and they introduce this by um, 
showing the generals, General X, and all of them who are dressed legitimately like Nazis. Nazis. Yes, yes. Let's get to the Nazi part. Yeah, let's so talk about the Nazi where, imagery. So this, this is where movie. General. This is where General X, who is Jerry Stiller, the late um, great Jerry Stiller. Uh, the, the lunch. She's credited as the lunch lady, uh, who is this played large, by Cloris Leachman. Yeah, the great, the also late great Cloris Leachman. No, she's still alive. Oh, really? Okay, good. Well, yeah, I'm she's sure she's alive. been late um, to shit before. So. Okay, but also <laughs> she's dead um, to me for being in this movie, but she's still alive. Okay, but I would like to give credit to the tall green gentleman known as yeah. uh, Lieutenant X, voiced the by King Jeff voiced Bennett. Voiced by Jeff Bennett, who was Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Uh, the father in Dexter's laboratory, among much else. And he gets um he gets my he award for his... actor ho- ho- having the most fun in this movie. <laughs> he's doing his best Tim Curry impression. Yes. And, he, and he's, uh, a fetishist. he's clearly trying to do like uh this guy who's like a sadist, but he's horny for it. Yeah. He gets the most lines out of any of them from that point on. Yeah. And he goes like, Oh yes. It's like, it's like Tim Curry. Yeah, it's like Tim Curry cross with the brain. Yeah, from Pinky and the Brain. But he's doing great. There's no explanation as to why he looks like a lizard man. Nope. But um, no, they take over the USD. Maybe he's a pickle. By by basically through uh, fascism. Yeah. So, but Lieutenant X then finds uh, the weasel and is like, "You need to take care of Dex." And he's like, uh, "He's essentially like, yeah, I'll do it." And then tries to sell Dex his whatever merchandise is under his coat. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm sorry, Lieutenant X. And then Lieutenant X pushes him off a building for some reason. (laughs) Like, as if that, well, it's a cartoon world, so no one dies by, like, real physics. But, like, imagine just agreeing to kill someone and then getting pushed off a building. Yeah, he, by the person he, who hired you. I could just kill you. That would be more yeah. fun anyway. Or, yeah. or where, what, what part in the movie is it where that same Lieutenant X, I think his name is? Yes. He goes, he goes, he goes, um, I think it's this part. I, he goes, I could go I just kill you. It's better than yeah. a spanking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. Fucked yeah, up. This is where I think that's later in the movie. No, there's another part. Either way, it's fucked about. up. I hate yeah. it. So basically, but, um, um, so basically, Lady, oh sorry, Dex decides to do some snooping because something is up. Yeah. Uh, Brand X basically frames other mascots for the disappearances. Right. So one Blank of them is Tofu. Tofu, the elephant guy. The elephant who is voiced, is... I believe, by uh, Daniel Franzese, who is um, uh, Damien in Mean Girls. This was awesome. this is the USDA scene, right? Where they're all in like that meeting. Yes. Now I yeah, sent you guys well, a picture earlier today. Mm-hmm. And the 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 motto of the USDA is to protect and serve ourselves, which is very selfish. But anyway, in of the, the uh, behind the podium, there's a big donut, and it should say. To protect and to serve ourselves, but the absolute mad lads over at the Food Fight Animation Studio were like, "Fuck it, good we're just gonna cut out." <laughs> yeah, good old threshold. They were like, "Fuck it, we're only we're we'll put in some of the letters." So, the donut reads to protect and serve ourselves. And I saw that movie, or I saw that, and it absolutely fucking broke me. Um, 
As if yeah, I, I didn't know, I didn't put that in my notes because I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be like an inside joke. It is not. Some it is not. To, to, to be honest, uh, my concern was more about the uh, Nazi imagery. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's the big thing. Like, because like, he goes uh, to the Brain X building and the, it has the like the thing. eagle statues. Yeah. yeah, the only thing different is they replaced the swastika with an X, which yeah. it's not a big change. But but so, Dex yeah. goes. Yeah, Dex goes there, and then exposition Wait. is presented by the world's worst tango. Yeah, this so is where bad. Lady X gives his, gives him his, like, listen, I'm giving you the opportunity. Join me, and we can rule the supermarket together. He's, like, he's like, I want you to back Brand X. And he's like, no, because I know you're behind all this. And she just... Nah, bitch, like, your pussy stank. And, yeah, uh, she, she knocks, knocks him on content. Knocks him out and throws him into a giant dryer where Dan is. And so she plans to melt Dan because he's a chocolate squirrel. But then Dex is there too for some reason. Yeah. So she's like, uh, kill both of them. yeah, maybe he'll burn alive. Uh, so <laughs> the way they get out of the dryer is uh, Dex is like, oh, there's always a sock that goes missing in yeah. the dryer. And there's only one sock. And he's like, follow the sock. So they follow the sock out. But then they get out of the dryer, but no sock is there with them. So they just manage to find their way out on their own. And then they look through this grate and this whole like futuristic Nazi scientist society is uprisen where Matt, uh, lady X is creating, uh, what, what were they called? Like Xenobites? Yeah. Xenobots. Like bug drones. I yeah. They're bug like drones that fly in an X formation. Because, to, yeah. like, destroy, because they have, like, a special, um, what do they call it? Not a preservative, a deservative? Yeah, they call it a deservative, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, but, um, so he so, manages to swipe Lady X's scent from her, like a perfume bottle, and yeah. he takes it to this scientist who just has a very large nose, who proceeds to sneeze. Yeah, he's like, got the Jerry. Yeah, he's got. I'm I'm very Jewish coded. This scene, and uh, he sneezes all over Dex, leaving a giant like coating of snot all over him. This scene is, is cool. I'm gonna call it, has a absolutely fatal amount of whip pans and turns. Yes. Yeah. It okay, is so exhausting. It's such an, an unfocused scene, but the the analyzation comes back and it, it just says that the secret ingredient is toxic and highly addictive, which great dude, what's the name of it? How can we get it out of here? But it's implied that they want to do like an Ike Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. So while this is going on, Lieutenant X like goes to like Kung Tofu, for example. He's like tied upside down, like Mussolini. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, No, I'm innocent. And he's like, Okay. And then he just like beats him with a mallet. Yeah. And then they go to the, the But they so do like they, the, No, I'm innocent. Like they yeah. really layer on the fake Asian accent. Then By the way, the actor the actor who plays him also plays who we find later in the movie, Francois Fromage. They played this is played by the same actor. His name is Anne Rytel, and he is Scottish. A I'm Scottish actor <laughs> does so, an outrageous oh. Asian and French accent in the same movie. And also, they go to the elephant, who it turns out is like a toothpaste mascot because yeah. they're trying to be like, oh, it's the toothpaste hating sugars, blah, blah, blah. So right. then he goes like, so Lieutenant X has a giant drill. 
Yeah, he just drills his skull. <laughs> he just drills his skull in. And then, De- and then so Dex basically um, is like, okay, so Brand X is putting things that are highly addictive, which is why the humans are buying stuff up. We got to get this recalled. How do we do it? Oh, I know. We go to Ed Asner's computer and send an email to the company. Then they'll have to recall it. Yeah, because that always that works. works. That's their logic. So, so they go to the supermarket. They, yeah, they resolve the to go out during the day. Because it's and, sunrise anyway. All right. They don't immediately turn into like whatever kind of product they are. So, Which is weird because um, the, the fat lunch lady follows them and knocks yes. them onto this cart where um, they fall into the cart of one of the most heinous animations I've ever seen. It's bad. It's is the thumbnail for the YouTube torrent. The thumbnail for the YouTube, which is just awful-looking mother and child. The mother looks like a bag of oatmeal, and the baby looks like like if Donnie from the Wild Thorberries was on meth. Yeah. And this, this... Da- Daredevil Dan falls into the child's lap, and the mother is like, put that away. We don't want it, which I'm assuming leads me to believe that in the supermarket, they are perceived as like the boxes of whatever product they are. I thought it was that he was like a mascot doll. Could be. I don't know. I don't you know. know. They don't Again, explain it. Is, it's never explained. No, um, it's not. My, my, yeah. One of my favorite comments, and I feel like this is a good point, good time to bring it up. Um, because of the comparison for this movie, um, people compared it to Sausage Party. Yeah. And uh, someone in the comments Sa- goes, me, mom, can we buy Sausage Party? Mom. No, we have <laughs> yeah, Sausage, sausage party, party at home. At home. <laughs> sausage Party at home. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a food fight. Yeah, so the kid throws him away and he goes to the bottom of another shopping cart. Yeah, to he falls Floor, the the shows cart. up And he's like, I'm going to whack your skull in. And Dex saves him by coming in on a soda that is on a soda bottle that has presumably been shaken which is why it's right. like going pew yeah, which is like physics all right the physics of the scene are weird because the soda bottle like it looks like it's swinging through yeah yes. but there's no um and it's able to like hang in midair for like 10 there's seconds there's no trail of soda behind it either yeah. and they use so he rescues Dan and they fly into Ed Asner's office just as he's leaving they fly between his legs. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they um they first go oh, through the sorry. freezer, the frozen foods department, where which, po- uh, which, polar penguin no, is. Which they tear through like paper. I don't yeah, get they it. They tear through paper to get in, and, and they, they fly reach, through yeah. polar penguins' domain, and they're like, "Get all the ice to the Copa Banana." And he's like, and "You got tear, it, Dex." Yeah, and they tear through the other end somehow. Yeah, because I guess someone opened the door and they like fly out. Yeah, and then um, they go through Ed Asner's legs. legs as he's closing the door, as if he wouldn't notice just like a giant two-liter cola bottle flying yeah. towards him. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, so they get into the office, and this is where we're introduced to our final protagonist, which is uh, Larry Miller as the Count Chocula knockoff. Yeah, Vlad Vlad Chocul, So who is, this. This is one of the oddest characters, and I'll give you two reasons why. One, he hits on Dan constantly. Because he's like, Are you you're made of chocolate? And he loves chocolate, so he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna be gay towards you, which freaks oh, him out. And, also, and he looks like he looks like a a, a pool salesman. <laughs> he's got like the comb the balding the comb over. He's got like the the slick back hair comb over. 
with like the uh like a big cape and like yeah. um keep, I don't even know how to describe it. Keep in yeah, mind like, our man's is also so, blind. So yeah. Right. So yeah, and okay, here's the other part. It's Larry Miller voicing him and in my opinion what happened was it's clear that he's improvising some of his lines. Oh yeah. Because he kind of goes off on rambles. He's like Oh, this the phrase is he's like doing rejected Rodney Dangerfield stuff where he's like, Oh, the phrase is blind as a bat. They won't say blind as a bird, that would make no sense. That's ridiculous. But the yeah, thing is since he improvised riffing. since he's riffing yes, thank you. Since he's, he's riffing he's and, riffing in the booth. And it's clear that Wayne Brady and Charlie Sheen are done with their dialogue that they had to record. <laughs> they don't react yeah. to him. They just kind right. of stand there as he's riffing. Yeah. Um and half so of the, the lines are so... And half of the lines are him seducing Dan, and Dan says nothing about this, pretty much. Yeah, he's just like, eh, and his character is shaking, but what's new, he's always yeah. shaking. And also, here's but... the thing. Here's my favorite comment of the video. Uh, mm. Knock it all you want, but it's pretty progressive that Larry Miller plays a gay boomer vampire. <laughs> Can't say yeah. the same for those cowards at Pixar. You're so yeah. right. Who, who is Larry Miller, by the way? Huh? I don't know Just who run, Larry run by me is. who Larry Miller is. Let me check. He's one of those guys. Is like as soon as I see his um, page, it's gonna. I got the Wikipedia page up. Larry Miller is an American co comedian, actor, news podcaster. Oh, he's a brother of ours and <laughs> columnist. He is known for his role as Lou Bonaparte in Mad About You, Tommy in Eight Simple Rules. He voiced the pointy-haired boss in the animated Dilbert show. Cool. So uh, this man has a clearly just an impressive line of work. Well, he was also in Boston Legal, Pretty Woman, Nutty Professor Films, Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah, he's one of those character actors. Yeah. That, so, um, yeah, yeah, but it is it is revealed through this excruciating scene that um, they they go to the computer and they are able to find out what was recalled by who and why. And well, uh, IBM helps them, of course. Thank you, yeah, IBM. IBM helps them. The personification and of IBM. It's it's like a uh, like a uh, uh, like, like the ribbon man outside of a car yeah. dealership. It looks like that. But so, she's like, but she's Siri essentially. Yeah, it's, it's Cortana. Yeah, yeah. I was just about yeah, to Cortana, say. Thank you, it's Cortana so, from Halo. So, so they find out that yeah. Brand X recalled. Sunshine, sunshine goodness which makes no sense yeah it makes no sense because like why would another company recall another product but they find out that um as well as that was priscilla's priscilla pusley's prunes or whatever genetically prunes, genetically giant prunes. product yeah that got recalled because the mascot was so ugly that they didn't do any selling and uh sunshine goodness's raisins did much better presumably because uh she's so hot and has so many friends yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it's revealed that Brand X recalled Sunshine, and now Lady X is promoting ethnic cleansing among the Ikes. Yeah, no, she uses the term <laughs> undesirables. Undesirables, that's right. It's the um, get rid of the uh, undesirables. Join the Brand X. Promise cast. Oh my God! So, so, uh, Wait, so Lieutenant on. X is before outside. Get, before, Sorry. Hold on. Before I get that wrong. Um, I just named off the only cast that I knew, so I want to I want to get this right because I will be yelled at for this. The cast system, uh, the Untouchables. Oh, yeah. they're just called the Untouchables. The Brahm yeah. the Brahmin cast is the the highest up rank. Yeah, there's no there's no uh, like Hindu or Indian name 
for the untouchables they're just called the untouchables the untouchables right and so, so, the undesirables. so anyway while they're trying to send the email to get this recalled lieutenant x cuts the power they send it as he cuts it yeah so they're like but well what do we do anymore yeah so they basically say well let's go back to the copa banana i guess yeah they, they all they just get, they all, the three of them just get there which is what and this leads to the most baffling scene for me in the entire movie Yes. Before we get to the big climax. So all these Ikes are at the Copa Banana is like their safe space and Brand X storms in and mm-hmm. Lieutenant X shows up and uh, they're like, you have to pledge loyalty to us and, and sing uh, our Francois song. Fromage, Francois Fromage, the French cheese mm-hmm. uh, Ike, literally farts in his face. Hell yeah. And then uh, they get the California Raisins to play La Marseille. So that this is the strangest of the Casablanca references. Yeah, this is this is a clear Casablanca reference. Like Dex is nodding the band on as they play La Marseille as the as the Nazis, the Brand X Nazis are doing their own really awful song. Brand, Brand X. X. Brand, Brand X. X. It's simple and plain. Brand X. Brand X. It's different, We're but, different the same. but all the same. 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 Yeah, really awful. And the, yeah, but the 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 tune to which the Ike sing is La Marseille, right? But it's like a different version of it, and it, it's just I was just dumbfounded while watching this. I think the lyrics so, were changed to to protect and to protect and serve ourselves. Us. It's like it's like the USDA yeah. brand motto. It, it's song. like if that song was Americanized. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So this pisses Brand X off, and they have this big rumble in the street. Yes. Where uh, all first the ice... they get, well, first they get, um, they kind of come in waves. So the first wave is uh, Jerry Stiller's General X General coming with X. his, yes, with his troops. Right. So they just so, throw shit from the rooftops. Yeah, and and this is this is how it starts. So Brand X is below the buildings, just in the street, and Charlie Sheen and all of them are up on the roof, and he just goes, "Food, fight." <laughs> And this opened the, I swear to God, 35-minute-long fight climax. Yeah, no, and th- it lasts forever. And might I say, um, this is the part where I fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how can you, you fall asleep during this just pulse-pounding battle sequence that shows, like, the same six shots of different yeah. Ikes exploding? Um, and so, before yeah. I fell asleep, I noticed a couple of things. One was that the splat sound effect was the same uh, every time. Um, every time. Yeah. Uh, every food turns into an explosive splat. It does, yeah. yeah. Um, pies are used as, like, bombs. Yeah. Um, SpongeBob did better. Everything was bad, uh, and I was very upset when I woke up and the movie still wasn't over. <laughs> yeah, it was still during the fight scene probably, so, right? So, basically, Jerry Miller, like, try, or Jerry Stiller, sorry. Jerry Stiller tries to attack. He fails. Then, okay, so... Uh, Lady X is on top of the Nazi building, which yeah, is clearly like going... high up in the clouds. But she's like barking orders, but yeah. they can hear her somehow. Yeah, somehow. So he retreats, and then there's a running yeah, gag where he like going. tries to remove his sword. That was kind of yeah, funny though. I did kind of chuckle. He's got, this, he's got this comically large sword that he tries to he rips out of his scabbard, and then yeah. the first time it impales someone off screen. 
Yeah. Second time he second, cuts off yeah. his belt so his pants fall down. He rip, oh. he, rip, he no, he just rips off his pants and his oh, underwear okay. is like brand X underwear. Yeah. Or whatever. But um I did chuckle at that though because I was so starved for a joke. The only yeah. gag the only gag that I was close to chuckling at was there was a gag where Brand X has tanks and they have ketchup bottles. Yeah, the ketchup oh, yeah, bottles. Yeah. So, so they like squeeze it and it's just so it kind of just yeah. goes back like and then the hand like slaps the bottom of the bottle. Yeah, yeah, they got big hands. I was like, yeah. I was like okay, that's right, a decent that joke. That's, that's like okay. one of the gags that they actually worked on before yeah. the movie. But anyway, um, but, so, uh, so they have they have whipped cream like missiles. They yes. use like big whipped cream canisters as missiles. They they fire pickles out of like cannons and stuff. And it's like, man, if only we used these in the Iraq War, we would have won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, to cap off Jerry Stiller because he just kind of dies. Uh, his yeah, last um, his last line is, "I was." He has a German accent this whole movie, and he just yeah. goes, "I was just following orders." Yikes! <laughs> yes. I think Jerry Stiller knew what's up. He tried to do like the Colonel Clink thing in Hogan's Heroes, where it's like, "I'm Jewish, I'm going to play Nazi." Yeah, but, but he has like, like he had he, he never like, went. He only speaks like six times. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, but, um, one of my favorite. Not, not before um, one of the uh, flying drones kills Polar Penguin. Yeah, he just like stabs him. That's how he died? I was asleep for that. Yeah. No, because Dex tells Polar, like, okay, retreat, go to the banana. And Dex is like, I'm okay. I, he's, he's like, toad. I'm helping. He's the toad slash Ralph Wiggum of this movie. <laughs> and um, so basically, he's like, Dex goes like, Polar, I told you to go to the banana. He's like, it's okay, I'm helping. And then he just gets stabbed. Then he gets kamikaze. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And he says, and Dex goes, no! Yeah. And then he moves this on. This is the big emotional no. uh, yeah. trauma of, of the show, or the film, that, and then uh, he goes, he he goes to, his, he goes he to like, his coupon gun and yeah. ties up General Axel coupons and then runs him over with a soup can. Nice. He yeah. flattens him out with a soup can. So they retreat back to the Cobra Banana. And, and uh, Fra- Francois Yeah, yeah, where Mash is. Uh, Francois Fromage also dies. And yeah. Polar Penguin finally dies on the table there. And so um, this is where Cheetzel comes back in. Yeah, she's a little like, so basically, So basically the flying characters like the Bat, Wayne Brady, like the reporter bird, they start setting up um lightning rods yeah essentially and so somebody's like okay we got to turn the power back on who can do that who can endure that pain and then Cheetzel comes in and he's like yes well i like being hurt Ew. why don't you get me to do it and dex is like oh i don't know so basically the scene is uh the weasel's like i can help dex is like oh i don't know the moose goes well do we have any other choice yeah, I we got to think about it that way. Cheetzel, you're in. Go then, down to the sewers and yeah, then go to the power lines. I'm so glad I missed this. Reactivate the power. So he does, and he kills Chloris Leachman in the process. Hell yeah. yeah. R.A.P. Yeah. Chloris Leachman. And then uh, just, just my other note here. Uh, somehow Lieutenant X comes back, and one of his lines heavily implies that he's into piss play. 
I'm sorry. Oh, what? No. So so basically at the end, so basically when this is going on, Dex goes to the X building and finds Sunshine. Yeah, Sunshine Somehow. is tied up in a chair. Which so, um, I, she must have been for like six months just in the same yeah. chair. And then um and so um this leads to my favorite line in the entire movie where so basically he's like so basically Lady X goes like Yes, uh, Lieutenant X, please execute these two for their crimes against food or whatever. And then... Um, <laughs> for their crimes Dex, against food or no, some shit. No, Dex delivers the line, um, something like, You won't get away with this, you cold-farted itch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't even know the insults in this. In this, and then the and then basically, Lady X leaves to lead the troops, and then Lieutenant X is there with them. And then Dex does the like pulls the rug out from under him to trip him. Yeah, the, but the, the chair rug doesn't so move. Yeah, the yeah. chair's okay, and the rug doesn't move. And so Sunshine like, like throws. Up in the air. Yeah, Sunshine throws raisins up, and Dex like whips one of them at Lieutenant X, who chokes to death. Sick. And then goes like, oh, well, this isn't good. Oh, wait a minute. I just wet myself. Oh, it feels rather nice. And then dies. Yeah, and then he dies. He well, died the like, way he lived. I am oh. upset. He died, he died the way he loved. Oh, and then Sunshine reveals that um, Lady X stole her essence. To yeah, that was attract ingredient. Yeah, which was the secret ingredient. Which is why Dex was like, wait a minute, why am I attracted, blah, blah, blah. Because it was why Sunshine. Why horny? But they branded her to do yeah, it. Yeah, they branded, They had an X on her neck. They branded her. This is such a heavy Holocaust um, yeah. uh, an- analogy. Okay. It's so fucked up. But then clip Christopher Lloyd's clipboard. Well, no, wait. Oh, sorry. And, one second. So yeah. when does the building they, fall over? Because so that's when I woke up. Co- so the building collapses. Oh yeah, and that's where I woke up. By Wayne Brady doing a loop de loop. Yeah, they're like the only way they can make it here is if he does a loop de loop, and he this, does it somehow. This is, this is the point. Then, so so he gets so he picks up Dex and Sunshine. They land and they confront clipboard manager. Yes, Christopher yeah. Lloyd enters the picture. Somehow nowhere the fucked up food world. Who's like, I'm going to kill you. And then and they, they I'm going to kill you. Yeah, they trip him with yeah, a wire. Sure. Like yeah. Chiquita yeah. Lady and the Moose yeah. trip him with a wire. Yeah, this yeah. is the part where I woke up and uh, my exact words upon waking up were, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> but it's revealed that Christopher yeah. Lloyd was actually <gasps> Lady X. Yeah, he was oh, a robot. So- his, his face splits open. Okay. And it's just a giant mech piloted by Lady X. And I'm just and this, the whole time thinking, is... pilot the Avis, Shinji, or Lady X has to do it again. And this is the part where Lady X gives her villain exposition of, she's Prunella Prune. Yeah, she's the and Prune And she's lady. like, so she was jealous of Sunshine because everyone loved her and she was hot. So basically when she was recalled, she went to Brazil to get plastic surgery. <laughs> Oh, and here's the thing. She's, somebody said, like, oh, a human would have to sneak you out. How did they do that? And she goes, well, when you look like this, guys will do anything you want. And then she says, size only matters for men, which really yeah. implies that she got fucked by a human. 
she got some simp to be like, hey, you like laundry detergent? You want to fuck it? And he's like, yeah, all right. And he, or you like prunes, you fucking sick fuck? Yep. And so, big, why don't you fuck me? Yeah. And then, uh, so she tries she to like out. attack. Yeah. She tries to attack Dex, basically. And she's like, and, and the moose just goes, nah, he'd never hit a woman. He'd Suck never it. hit a woman. And then Hillary Duff goes, well, I, I can. And she just beats the shit out of her. She <laughs> no, her so she, hard. And she just grabs. That, uh, sorry. She sends her with one last good, like, kick. Makes her fat and ugly again. Yes. Somehow. She, she just, as Wayne Brady put it, um, she, he, she punched the ugly out of her. Oh, back to ugly. Excuse me. Yeah. And then, and then she's like, "No, my plan is ruined. I just wanted people to eat my prunes." Blah blah blah. To which Dex says, "Frankly, my dear, I don't give a spam." Ugh. And then he sends her to the expiration station to be killed. Yeah, he sends her. To- <laughs> he yeah. sends her to the fucking gulag. <laughs> he sends. Her, he sends her to the gulag. <laughs> He sends her. Um, they to, have their own like little Nuremberg. He basically, trial. yeah, he does. He does send her to Nuremberg, and um, yeah. so then the Jewish doctor comes in and he's like, "I found the antidote. I made a I'm new gonna preserve. test it. I'm gonna test it right now." And Polar Penguin's corpse is just there, yeah. and then he like sprinkles yeah. it on la 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 la, and oh, it brings people back to life. Yeah, that and was such an incredible ending. Is it worth so, it? Well, yeah, like. The, the Everyone is that, back to life. Yeah, the thing that and no it, consequences and were had. No consequence whatsoever. Nothing is earned. Everything's back to normal. America is great again. We made America great again. <laughs> but this this is the most insane ending to a movie I've ever seen. Uh, Dex finally proposes to Sunshine, and she says yes. And it cuts back to the Copa Copa Banana, where he smashes a glass of milk, like a, a carton of milk. And they have like a Jewish wedding, and um, uh, uh, the uh, the moose and Kung Tofu are having a conversation where they're like, "I didn't know he was Jewish," and Kung Tofu shows up and he goes, "Soy they who would have fought," and just immediately cuts to the credits. <laughs> that's what that's, it cuts to the credits. That's what they leave you with, like a very awful Asian no. accent doing a Jewish pun. But there's like, like, hey, guess he's Jewish. But there's <laughs> about, but there's like Merch. ten mid credit scenes. Yeah. Are there? I didn't watch them. So basically, like, so I thought basically, I was free. One is like the penguin like meets a lady penguin and he's like, yeah. I'm warm now. He pissed himself. Yeah. Um. And then the moose and um the frog Chiquita. like have a bro hug it out moment. Yeah. They Chiquita finally banana. have their feelings. Yeah. Chiquita banana fucks the French cheese guy. Yeah, Francois Fromage and Chiquita banana get it on. Uh, oh, uh, Wayne Darryl, Brady. Wayne Darryl Brady Darryl has a foursome, including, with including Darryl. the girl he catcalled. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Darryl no, Darryl but it's clearly the same model. Who is apparently Darryl supposed to be Little Debbie? Pussy. Imagine if they had kept it as Little Debbie with the end credit scene. Oh my um, god. And then, can and I, then I can I, I see your ho hos? Oh fuck! You want to see my repeats, ding dong? I believe he repeats the line about chocolate frosting again. It wouldn't surprise me. But Ooh. yeah, that's the end of the movie, <laughs> and you just got to sit with that for a while. Yes. Uh, and just as the cast flashes before you. Yeah, the first half of the movie is just like a silly kids thing of like, 
uh, like we're supermarket mascots, but we're real somehow. And then the second half of the movie is just Holocaust. Yeah. Oh, so hold on. What Towards if World the War end, II happened in the supermarket? <laughs> Towards the end, um, I couldn't help but notice that some of the lines, I don't know if this happened to you, but some of the lines sounded like they were taken in an alternate take. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah some of the lines were taken. It's not like they didn't have the technology for this, but oh, you know what my theory is? What? So getting to why you have all these mid-aughts talent and all of this like insane stuff. So the movie was supposed to be made in 2000. It was supposed to be released in 2003. Yes. That was the initial release date for this movie that they made tens of millions of dollars making and promoting. And then in late 2002, uh, in what Larry Kasanoff called an act of industrial espionage, uh, the hard drives containing most of the unfinished assets from the film were stolen. Yes. Which uh, the thief was never found. Conveniently. Yeah. So, um, but my theory for this is they finally got around to finishing this movie in 2012. My theory is whatever lines they needed to do, they just had uh, the actors speak into a phone. That's what I heard. That's that's the exact kind of frequency, like or the exact kind of tone that I heard. It's like that. Either team, that, either yeah. that, or they had like a cheap mic, and they were like, "Here, just come in." And, yeah, yeah, because they had similar voice. quality overall. Yeah, like, but it, you could tell. Yeah, also, especially for like Hillary Duff. If that yeah. if that story is true, big thanks to uh, the guy who stole the assets. Because no, but that... here's the, yeah, here's the thing. Um, no, you should have finished the job, you piece of shit. <laughs> so. So, Tim, so the animation style they were going for, I have this New York Times article popped up against the guy. He said, it was originally intended to be a computer animated film resembling the original Warner Brother Looney Tunes shorts. Animators called this look squash and stretch. Yeah, which they um, used a lot. They, like the intro they, of yes. Kung Tofu, they run him off the screen and then his head like stays for a little bit and then follows yes. the rest of his body. So, okay. wait, was it originally so, supposed so to be 2D or 3D? People. Was it originally okay. supposed to be 2D? No. Oh. They no, just it said it was like squash and stretch with 3D, but that's been done with like... I'm trying to think of a film that did... But like, it's been done better. More recently, it was kind like of done... Ma- yeah, but like also like Madagascar. Right, okay. Sure. And like Storks. Sure. And like it's been yeah. done in 3D animation and done really well for slapstick. It's yeah, just that they not, clearly not did not have this level. And also, here's the thing. Mr. Kasanov was a worked on live action films prior and not animation. Right. He had no experience. So animators basically said working there was a nightmare. I can't imagine why. Um, a roving Mr. Kasanov animator said would request that things be more awesome or 30% better. Cool, dude. Yeah. Good notes. This sounds like every producer. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I'm looking at the dailies. And he called for retakes, which uh, is not a thing in animation. Yeah, do you realize how much money that would cost? (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at the dailies, and I crunched the numbers. I did the math. We need to make this about 10 to 30% more radical and just a dash more tubular. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... um... So basically, uh, it was a guy who started a new studio, didn't know what he was doing with animation, uh, spent most of the money on 
brand deals and celebrity. Yeah, poisons. the brand deals are huge. In so this. okay, so so, so Mr. Clean, Charlie Tuna, Twinkie the Kid, California Plastic Raisins, Plastic Stork, Plastic Stork, Chiquita Banana, um, uh, a Hawaiian Punch Guy, Hawaiian Punch Guy, Mrs. Butterworth, Chef Boyardee. Boy they name drop. Yeah, they name dropped him. They name dropped Mr. Clean. Uh, IBM, again, Mr. Clean, IBM, holy shit! But uh, what else? Yeah, they they ch- changed the style after uh, the files got stolen. Yeah. They changed it to like m- almost like motion capture yes. style. It looks which, very motion capture-y, yeah. but like with the result completely. being that quote, he and animators were speaking two different languages, mm-hmm. which I believe I, came from the New York Times. Well, here's the thing. So the two worst parts are the writing and the animation. Yes. Right. Um, so the writing, you can chalk that up to that guy. The animators, I honestly feel kind of bad for it because it's yeah. clear that they got a bum deal on this. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Over. Like, especially when the work was stolen. And also if you have to do touch-up work after how many years technology's changed, mm-hmm. blah, 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 it had to be a nightmare. Right. So let me talk about here the process of this movie moving from 2003 to 2012 with almost none of the quality changing for the better. Go ahead. Uh, So I'm going to read from the production uh, part of the Wikipedia page for this. Lords Kastanoff and a threshold entertainment employee named Joshua Wexler created the concept in 1999. A $25 million joint investment into the project was made by threshold and the Korean investment company, natural image. The producers expected that foreign pre-sales and loans against the sales would provide the remaining portion of the budget, which estimated was $50 million. The film was created and produced by the digital effects shop at Threshold, located in Santa Monica. In late 2002, early 2003, Kasnoff reported that hard drives containing most unfinished assets from the film had been stolen in what he called an act of, quote, industrial industrial espionage and an incredibly complex crime, saying they got into the cold room, a room within a room within a room. An investigation, which included the Secret Service, was unable to find the thief. Fucking kidding me. Imagine. Imagine that. It was definitely one of the animators who was like, during, we can't fucking let this be seen. 2002, hey, why don't we get the president's bodyguards to help us out on this? Wait, yeah, in 2002. Hey, right hey. When, right when he, Bush was lying his way into starting like a fucking invasion, they're like, we're going to take your bodyguards for a second, okay? We need to help on this shitty movie. There's a very so, important uh, supermarket movie being produced. Yeah. The film was supposed to be computer animated with exaggerated use of squash and stretch to resemble the Looney Tune shorts. But after production resumed in 2004, Kasanoff changed it to a style more centered in motion capture with the result being mm. that he and animators were speaking two different languages. Okay. Enter. So that's why there's some scenes where it's like, okay, they stretch like Kung Tofu, but there's other scenes where they're like super stiff. Yeah. Right, and the tracking is off and, like, all this shit. So, enter Lionsgate, who at this time in, like, mid-2000s was like, oh, yeah, we make all these shitty movies. Like, they still do, but, like, now they have a little bit of clout. You know, I'm honestly honestly surprised Tyler Perry wasn't in this somewhere. 
<laughs> at, at the time of this happening, they were just like, we're the people that just pick up shitty movies. So Lionsgate established a distribution deal and the finance, financing company Story Arc represented investors who gave $20 million in funding the threshold in 2005 due to the Lionsgate deal, the celebrity voice actors, and the product tie-ins. Imagine hearing all of this happening and saying, yeah, we're going to give you another $20 million. We trust you. They couldn't have seen any of the footage. A release date in 2005 was later announced, but missed. Another distribution deal was struck in 2007, but again, nothing came of it. Shocker. Surprisingly, Lionsgate had a negative reaction to the delays. The investors had grown impatient due to the film production company defaulting on a secured promissory (laughs) note and the release dates that were not met. Finally, in 2011, the film was auctioned for $2.5 million dollars. Story Arc investors had ultimately invoked a clause in their contract that allowed the Fireman's Fund Insurance Company, which had insured Food Fight, which, okay, this is definitely like a tax shelter. Yeah, this... This is this is money laundering. Lawrence, Lawrence is, whatever his name is, definitely has $50 million in an offshore account. This is, have, Tommy, oh, this is have, Tommy Wiseau's fashion company. Yeah, this is how he made $6,000. Yeah, but worse. I have, I have no... Uh, way to prove this claim i am just simply stating as a hunch parody satire that this is indeed money laundering so uh the fireman fund the fireman's fund insurance company which had insured a food fight to complete and release the film as inexpensively and quickly as possible animator ken bailey stated that quote the film was already ruined they were just trying to salvage what they could excuse me they were just trying to salvage what they could the insurance company received the copyright to the film in 2012 and began releasing it and its associated merchandise. Oh, boy. I imagine what that merchandise was. Yo, hold on. I'm opening eBay. One second. <laughs> Yo. Okay, while you're doing that, in June 2012, Food Fight received a limited release in the United Kingdom, grossing approximately $20,000 <laughs> of ticket sales on its opening weekend. It was released on DVD in Europe at October. So the budget of this movie... 45 to 65 million dollars the total box office earnings of this movie are you ready for this do you want to take a guess uh two hundred thousand dollars okay henry you want to take a guess oh uh for the grossing yeah the the box office earnings i've seen it before it's like okay seven it's like seventy thousand dollars seventy three thousand seven hundred and six dollars amazing okay Henry, did you did you find the uh, the merch yet? I I see one California raisin, uh, plush, uh, from Food Fight movie with tags for eight dollars. Good. Ooh. That costs um, more than the movie. On food. That's an eighth of their gross pr- uh of their uh, box office return. <laughs> I know. I know. Jesus. Um, it's kind of hard to. No, this is not. It's showing like other things that have the word food fight in it. In okay. My, uh, so, search. Like the arcade game Atari Food Fight has far more. Yeah, makes sense. Um, right. Makes sense. That product is good. Okay. Uh, so while, while you'll. Okay. Associated Food Fight merchandise was produced and sold in stores and online, with at least some being released several, several years prior to the film. Jesus Christ. <laughs> amazing so critical reception at the time the film was announced it was denounced for taking product placement to the extreme and doing it in a film targeted at children 
Yes. Kastanoff responded to the controversy by noting that they were not paid money for the brand inclusion, and therefore the addition of known brands did not constitute product placement, though the brands were expected to provide $100 million worth of cross-promotion. He's like, it's okay, we're not getting paid for it, but we're going to make them spend money. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Hawks of the Daily Telegraph described Food Fight as, quote, the worst animated children's film ever made. An article from the New York Times condemned the film, saying the animation appears unfinished and the plot is impenetrable and even offensive. The article also reported that Food Fight had been seized upon by internet purveyors of bad cinema. Describing the film as one of those fall of civilization moments, Nathan <laughs> Rabin of the AV Club wrote, the grotesque ugliness of the animation alone would be a deal breaker even if the film weren't also glaringly inappropriate in its sexuality, nightmare-inducing in this animation, and filled with Nazi overtones and iconography even more egregiously unfit for children than the script's wall-to-wall gauntlet of crude double entendres and weird imitations of interspecies sex. Rabin revisited Food Fight in a 2019 article, stating it was the kind of bad movie I would live for. This is the kind of movie so unbelievably, surreally, and exquisitely terrible that you want to share it with the rest of the world. I was put on Earth to suffer through abominations like Food Fight so that society as a whole might benefit from my Christ-like sacrifice. <laughs> Screen Rant IndieWire described Food Fight as being one of the worst animated movies ever made, and Mental Floss, MSN, and Digital Trends placed it in their respective worst film lists. Kate Valentine of Hollywood News called it by far the crappiest piece of crap I have ever had the misfortune to watch. This isn't even like a so bad it's good movie. This movie's just no, dog no. shit. You know, it's generally, genuinely awful. So I couldn't find much in the way of product. I found a few pictures, but nothing for sale, which yeah. probably makes sense. But I did see, um, I'm afraid to click on the link, but it's um, uh, 2002 footage of Food Fight pre-theft. Oh? I'm not, I'm not clicking on that, but it's available. Okay. My, my theory on this movie was after it got bought and the people who bought it realized they were kind of just swindled and they were like, we're just going to dump this as much as we can. My theory is that the stuff that, that, that was stolen, um, it was what they had had. Again, it looks like it's previs stuff, stuff yes. that you kind of look yeah. at before they add texture and color and all this stuff to it. And they just decided we're just going to go with this. We already spent our money. We might as well release it because then it won't be a total waste. Mm-hmm. And then again, they added like voiceovers from like phone files and stuff to finish it out and mm-hmm. all this stuff. I mean, at the very least, the thing that sounded the most complete was the music. Music was fine. And the, the orchestral score is actually yeah. quite good. It's actually yeah. it's, it's it, it it passes in my opinion, but you know what? Uh, pop songs yeah. and stuff like that just are egregious. It is clear that that some of the voice actors like Jeff Bennett or like Jerry Stiller or Wayne Brady, like Eva Longoria, actually. Yeah, Eva Longoria. She's, like she's very. Ex- yeah, exactly. Like a few of the actors are like, well, this is a crappy movie, but I get a paycheck. Yeah. Like blah 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 blah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so since you read a whole different voice, yeah, for some reason. So um, since you read some reviews, I will read a few of the YouTube comments. Yes, uh, please. So do. the gentleman, 
the gentleman who uploaded this, uh, I won't reveal names because it could be taken down, and I want people to look at this. Uh, yeah. He wrote, oh, 200,000 views. You people must really hate yourselves. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know this is free, but I want my money back. Nice. Uh, this is truly the worst movie ever. It is unbearable unbear- to sit through. <laughs> Bowling Alley screens the movie. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I love how this movie is so terrible. It's just allowed to be here. <laughs> Lawyers too embarrassed to send a cease and desist. Um, this was made in Gary's mod. Ah, oh uh, yes, everyone's favorite food mascot, Mr. Clean. <laughs> Yep. One of my favorites is... <laughs> Somebody ta- time-stamped a part of the movie and wrote part of Ed Asner's speech. That was a perfectly good carton of milk. Never opened. <laughs> never enjoyed. Yeah. One, of, one of my favorite comments is, uh, I'm going full screen, fellas. Wish me luck. Goddamn. Behold, okay. behold the end of Charlie Sheen's sanity. Damn. That might be true. So, Henry, <laughs> I, 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 I... If DeviantArt owned a supermarket... <laughs> Henry, I, I tried watching that pre-theft food fight clip, but yeah. the uh, um, the YouTube link in the article was uh, uh, copyright claimed by Threshold Entertainment. So I was like, why not go to Threshold Entertainment's website? And it looks like it was made in 2007 and never changed. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. It, the... Uh, um, at the top of the website, it has Threshold Entertainment Group, and it looks like those like that like block lettering that like is like a varsity letter, and yeah. then it has like a world, uh, like a universe thing, and it says movies, location based entertainment, television, live action, and animation. Which I'm super interested to uh, hear what location based entertainment is. Wait, hold on this comment. Bruh, that final fight between the furry and evil Elastigirl made me see why this movie is hated. Yeah. Okay, so... This gave uh, me coronavirus. (laughs) Okay, so I was fascinated to find out what our good friend Larry has been doing since then. So I went to his Wikipedia page. Uh, He actually, uh, like another friend of the show, President Donald Trump, went to the Wharton School in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. but uh, his first credit, he, he's just got a list of stuff that he's done as like executive producer mm-hmm. and producer. He's directed uh, three projects, but his first EP job was in 1987, just a film to simply called Party Camp. Uh, in 1990, he was executive producer of a movie named A Gnome Named Norm, G-N-O-R-M. Uh, followed that with the direct video Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. Hell yeah, yo. And it some, somehow went from that to True Lies. Interesting. And then was a producer on uh, Mortal Kombat, the direct video Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins, uh, directed Mortal Kombat Live Tour, and then produced Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the sequel. Uh, and then he went on to do a lot of direct-to-video Lego movies, like Bionicle, The Legend Reborn. Probably that was better his, animation. That was his. Uh, that was in two thousand nine. 
his last oh. producing job in film was 1999's Beowulf. So it was 10 years before his next producing thing. I mean, but to be fair, he was also working on Food Fight for Wait, like 20 years. Be- Beowulf, the one uh, Robert Zemeckis made? No, this was uh, one that was done in like 99, like oh, a live okay. action one. Well, because I was. Starring Christopher, uh, Christoph Lambert, or Christopher oh. Lambert. So I was gonna, because I was gonna say, if they got that Robert Zemeckis motion capture, then uh, he clearly improved. But I guess not, Mister mm-hmm. Kasanov. Um, yeah, it's been a bumpy ride for him. He directed Food Fight, and then um, the next thing he directed was a documentary called Mindfulness: Be Happy Now. Nice. And, and he is also attached as a producer to uh, the upcoming Tetris Sci-Fi project, Gross. which. Um, I believe is well initially let me let me look here threshold entertainment has teamed up with the tetris company to develop a film adaptation of tetris threshold ceo describes the film as an epic sci-fi adventure that will form part of a trilogy in 2016 sources reported on a press release claiming the film would be shot in china in 2017 with an 80 million dollar budget however no 2017 or later sources confirmed that the film ever actually went into production Tetris appeared in the 2010 short animated film Pixels and in the 2015 movie Pixels, inspired by the former, which I don't believe Threshold was attached to. Uh, a movie about Tetris titled Tetris will star Taron Egerton as Hank Rogers, which will be about the legal battle surrounding the game in the late 80s. It doesn't say if Threshold is also attached to that, but I doubt it. Oh, uh, so, they, so, so they meant the, like the behind-the-scenes stuff of Tetris. Yeah, they were gonna. It looks like they were gonna do the effects and stuff on the Tetris sci-fi movie that never came to be. So uh, Larry is thriving. We love a we love a thriving king. We really do. Good job, good job, Larry. You're our fail son of the day. Larry is our fail son of the aughts. That's right, brother. Damn. What a so, what a time. Uh, what a great time we're having. So, uh, Henry, you got anything else to say? Because I'm finished here. I'm done with this. Regarding Food Fight? Yeah. I mean, listen. I'm, I mean, listen, the soul of a product, we all know that you buy a product because not the taste, not the price. You buy it because there's a mascot on it. You buy it because it has a sexy, uh, buxom woman on they it telling you, like, hey, sexy, even, why don't you use my detergent? They didn't even get, like, Tony the Tiger. No. Or, like, um, Land Lakes woman before she was canceled. Yeah. Oh, what would this movie's interpretation of Aunt Jemima have been? Bad. Oh, God. They put Mrs. Butterworth... This whole movie would have just been worse. Well, it's already racist, know. so I guess it's, there's not much. I, I guess so. I guess there's like nowhere else to go but down. Also, it's it's bad because it uh, interprets Italians as noble. <laughs> Holy shit! But um, I'm so glad this is done because the. the yeah. Since I brought up Food Fight, it's been like a cloud hanging over my head, knowing that I had to sit through the, all this fucking movie. Yeah, 
you did this, you piece of shit. How long ago did you you introduce that? You introduced that like ago. ten episodes ago. A while ago. Do you realize I, that the last time we talked on the show was m- the day after Mother's Day? Mm-hmm. We've actually had some requests to release the uh, unused the un- drunk episode. The episode. Yeah. We've had some requests. Uh, shout out! Shout out to Banu for wanting to listen to that, and also well, that that yeah. has um because you talked about it later. The worst sex scenes in literature. Yeah, that's where that was in that mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Yes, the bad sex awards. Yeah, the bad sex awards. I think one of these days we might have to upload that as a bonus episode. As well, a little treat. Episode, that's episode zero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yes. I have another movie that we would, should watch for episode 45. What is it? Or if not the movie, at least we should take a look at this filmmaker. Uh, it is a man named Frank D'Angelo. I already hate he, it. He is a Canadian entrepreneur, millionaire. He uh, created a line of foods in Canada that has gotten him a bunch of money. And in the last 10 years, he's kind of fancied himself a filmmaker. And he always centers himself in the lead roles even though he's like got one of the worst haircuts in recent memory, like uh, he's just an old looking, old ish looking Italian guy. He always plays people younger than he is, but he's like his first movie, his first starring role, he was like 54. Um, he writes, directs, produces, and stars in, and also composes the music to all of his movies. Nice. And it is all just unbelievably terrible. What's this I guy's watched- name? Uh, a Twitch stream, Frank D'Angelo, D, comma, Angelo. I watched a movie on a Twitch stream I listened to, or I I subscribed to uh, the Go Off Kings. They did a watch party of his most recent movie called The Last Big Save, which is about uh, Frank D'Angelo plays Joey Bird, who was a professional hockey player who uh, flamed out early on in his 20-year hockey deal Within the first year he was out because he was addicted to drugs and stuff. And he gets the opportunity to play goalie in game seven of the championships of his final year in his contract. So this man is essentially like the Bobby Bonilla of hockey who only played one season and just gets paid every year. And then the uh, owner of the, the team is like, why don't you play for us this final game, even though you haven't played in like 20 years and you look like shit. And I cannot even describe to you how bad this movie is. Folks, I think we just, need to watch it. Yeah, you look, at, you look him up. He is absolutely terrible. The movie is just an affront to God. There's the bare bones of a plot, and then he recorded, like, 40 minutes worth of, like, a rec hockey game that he tried to make look like the Stanley Cup Finals. Incredible. And it's so so bad. So Uh, threat-level midnight, the serious version? Maybe. Well, I think we need need to revisit this idea. Yeah, we will we will look into doing that. We're kicking this that'll can a, down the road, brother. That'll be episode forty-five. We need to steal ourselves. We need fifteen more episodes in between this and that. But for now, um, that was food fight. Henry, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Uh, it, it is uh, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, episode sixty is going to be a doozy. Oh yeah. 
You got well. You got a few episodes in between there. Oh but yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. A, it's it's Make every it's everyone ending in zero. Yeah. You, you will not. You will probably not be here for episode forty five where we do this one. But we will no. certainly. We can let you watch it with us <laughs> and give us your thoughts. But, just um, not on the episode. Yeah, you don't want to be here for that, man. Okay, but that's don't, fine. Hey, don't come into the podcast tomorrow. Mom we like said it's my turn to use the podcast. Henry, we like you. Don't come into the podcast tomorrow. Aw, oh, thanks. But, I love um, you guys, too. Yeah. The podcast they, factory is expecting some danger. We love you, too. Uh, so, no other segments. I'm, I'm sad. No, I'm no, no other segments. Um. Thank you for sticking around for all one hour and 47 minutes of this episode. This is is a chaos episode. It is a chaos episode. Uh, I am not editing this. Good. This episode is longer than Food Fight itself. This episode is longer than Food Fight and and it is going up raw. That is is how I'm describing it, folks. We are fucking just hot off the press to you. Hot off the presses. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FailSunPodcast. Is that it? FailSunPod. FailSunPod. You can follow me at Timmy you know Brenner. You can follow Kyle hey. at Kyle M. Sherry. You can follow Henry at Henry Liebs. Correct. L-I-E-B-S. Henry Liebs. Henry Liebs. And then you can find me uh, at Hillside Cemetery, uh, Row C, <laughs> Plot 9. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm fucking dead. Row six, plot nine, dude. It is. It is. Uh, No, Tim will be buried uh, alive with me in my sarcophagus. Oh my god. That was a long pause. (laughs) Not good. But uh, when you said wait, when you said sarcophagus, isn't that the fucking throat thing? That's that's esophagus. What a great place to cut off. All right. Remember when King Tut was buried in your throat? <laughs> All right. Ah, oh, cut it, cut it. We'll see you next time. Uh, uh, oh, shit. <laughs>